Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Starting this new series called The Church. Last week, I was in Buell. I was able to to preach at a church that's going through a difficult time. And, and um, it, it was literally like stepping back into time. There was about 20, 20, maybe 25 of us. And I think we brought like seven of the 25 with us. I asked Pavo to come and lead some worship. But <clears throat> we just went out to Buell and we were able to just encourage this church and and challenge them up. You know what? I, I never want to see another church close its doors and become a museum or as, as cool as daycares are, become a daycare. I don't want to see a church house, you know, be turned into a restaurant or an apartment complex. And so we went out to encourage this church that's going through a real difficult time. And I'm just saying, we need to say, not on my watch. Amen. We need to do whatever it takes Come on, to keep the vision that was once powerful and once strong, come on, serving those communities and continuing on serving the communities that they're in. And so so the church is important. I want to say thank you to Pastor Hop. Just did an incredible job last week. Come on, let's put our hands together for Pastor Javi. And actually, all, every single... Man, every single time I'm gone, you know, it seems like whoever's preaching, they just they just do such an incredible job. And and I'm like, man, they might not want me back. You know, somebody somebody came up, Pastor Bo, you know, last time I had him speak, I had about two or three people come up and 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 just say, man, you should preach him more often. And the same thing happened with, you know, with Pastor Javi. And so. So anyway, I want you to know that we are a blessed people to have so many different people that can bring the word week in and uh, and week out. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that. Let's go ahead and turn to our key scripture here today. I will build my church and the gates of hell or the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I want you to know this, that that. That you cannot overcome a church that is well built. And while we could be talking about a physical church, what I'm really talking about is a spiritual church. Like it's important that the church, come on, our church is built properly. That it's got a strong foundation and that we're not cutting corners. You know what I mean? By, By using materials paralleling the two, physical and spiritual, using materials that are subpar. You know what I mean? Cutting corners. We want a, we want a strong church. And if we have a strong church, come on, the gates of hell will not be able to overcome it. There's so much changing and there's so much shaking taking place right now. Right? How many of you would agree with me that that 2020 and 2021 has gotten a little bit of you know it's gone a little bit crazy right and i'm just saying listen now is not the time you know it is shrink back 
It's not the time to kind of let up whenever, you know, things get a little bit crazy. When things get crazy, that's time when we are supposed to draw in and draw close to, draw close to the Lord and stand upon the, the, the firm foundations. And so I want you to know, as, as even though we're rebounding slowly, I want you to know that not ever, Phil, has God been nervous about COVID-19. Not ever has God been nervous about, about, you know, the economy. I want you to know this, that God's not nervous. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you should not be nervous either. Come on, we serve a God that is in absolute control. And what we should do is we shouldn't be nervous. We should just, what it should do is it should just kind of spur us on to be what it is that God has called us to be. Amen? Let me just say it like this. Can I get your undivided attention? Wherever you're at right now, God's got more for you. You know why? Because we serve a God of more. Wherever you're at, I don't care if you've been serving the Lord for 52 and a half years. God has more for you than what you're currently experiencing. Somebody say, God's got more. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, let's take a look at it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, let's take a look at it. All right, there we go. (laughs) However, as it is written, what no eye has seen. Like, listen, does Jesus have more for you? You better believe it, because no eye has seen it. Oh, by the way, no ear has even heard it. Does he have more than what you're currently experiencing? You better believe it. And what no human mind has even conceived. The things God has prepared for those who love him. Do you love him in the house this morning? I love Jesus so much. And I don't know, just baptizing this family this morning, I'm just like, I even love you more, Lord. I just love you so much. These are the things that God has revealed to us by his spirit. Somebody say, by his spirit. Here I want you to know that God is introducing a part of who he is, his spirit. The word for spirit is the word pneuma. Somebody say that, pneuma. It's kind of a cool word. Pneuma. Come on, it means so many different things. It means breath. It means power. Come on, it's referred to as wind, right? How many of you know that you can't see the wind? I mean, you can see the effects of the wind, right? You can look up. I can go in my backyard and the wind's blowing and I can experience the effects of it because I, I see the, the leaves blowing in the wind, but I can't see the wind. I just see the effects of it. I feel the effects of the wind because as it, as it blows across my arm hairs, it makes me get goosebumps, right? And so, so I know it's there. It's tangible. I can feel it, but I cannot see it. And all of a sudden, God's saying, hey, listen, I'm introducing you to something that you need to pay attention to. And I'm just saying this, that in the crazy times that we live in, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to upset anybody, but sometimes the last thing that you need in life is another Bible study. Sometimes the last thing that you need in life, not the last thing, there's a lot of things that you don't need as much as this. All I'm saying is it's very possible for you to be educated beyond what you're experiencing. 
And I feel like, I feel like that's kind of a picture of the church a lot of times today. How many of you listen to podcasts throughout the week? If you don't listen to podcasts throughout the week, you've got such a tremendous resource. Well, Pastor, you just said we're overeducated. Listen to podcasts. There's some incredible teachers and, and preachers and, and, and people with some really, really great insight out there that's just free. Educate yourself. Well, you... I'm saying educate yourself, but also be doers of the word and not just hearers only. See, we can be a people that have a head full of knowledge, but a heart that's not doing anything. It's a a body that's not taking action and it's not and it's not moving. Right. And I'm just saying, listen, be educated, but also do something with. I can tell you this. We are far more educated, far, far. We, we sit and we learn more today without doing than probably, well, I just, I don't know any time in history, but certainly more than, more than the first church. Hey, come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Okay. And, and boom, immediately got to, got to work. Come on. You want to talk about powerful OJT, on-the-job training. Listen, I'll teach you as you go. Don't worry about it. Now, it's like, man, we disqualify ourselves out of everything. Well, man, I haven't been to seminary, and I haven't done this. I haven't even read, like, the whole Bible, you know. And, 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 and so we discount ourselves, you know, from being used. And, and I'm just saying this, that we need the power of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4, it says this. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. See, this is the Apostle Paul that's writing to the church at Corinth. And he's saying, listen, the message that I give, it's not with uh, wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. So that your faith might not rest in human wisdom, but in God's power. Now listen, the Apostle Paul was was one of the most educated men, not just of his time, but of all time. Like he he sat under some of the, the finest educators, right? If the Apostle Paul was, you know, was living today, he would have a degree, probably a doctorate or a master's degree from the highest level of seminary that 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 is offered in our in our world today. And so so he's saying, listen, I didn't come with you you know, with persuasive words, but guess what? He could have, he could have talked 10 miles above their ability to understand what he was talking about. But he said, I don't come with that. I came with a demonstration of, of the spirit of God. And I'm just saying this church, listen to me, this is what we need. We need a demonstration of God's power in the church today, right? I'm not saying it's not happening. All I'm saying is, is that what we're experiencing right now, there's more. Not only is that true for your life and my life, but it's true for our life collectively as the body of Christ. So we've got to ask ourselves, well, if there's more, then why are we not experiencing? Well, I'm going to touch on that potentially just a little bit. But today, what I want to do is I want to bring this into our living room. This is the house of the Lord. Let's just call this the living room 
right? The living room is where you have family meetings. Hey, we got some issues between brothers and sisters and ah, family meeting. Or we're trying to figure out where we're going to go on vacation. Huh? Family meeting. So we want to we want to bring this into the living room today. I want you to know that there's three things that God has for you. And they all three come in the form of baptism. Well, baptism, that's interesting. What is baptism? Baptism, like forget the water, forget the water and, and why we, you know, I mean, there's a reason why we fully submerge people in the water. I, I, I told first service, I have been known, like if I go to dunk somebody and they don't get completely wet, like let's just say they got some hair sticking up, I have been known to put them right back in again. In fact, I'm not going to say, but one of the five that got baptized today fought me a little bit. And I was like pushing them. I had to push them all the way. It's scary when somebody's got control of your life, putting you in the water, right? I was like, you're not fighting me here. No, no, I'm just, I was, <laughs> it wasn't that bad. But there was some resistance and I overcame Got some, if you got some hairs sticking up out of the water, just I'll pluck them. I'll pull them. I'll pull them out because those are unrighteous hairs. It's a little leaven that messes up the whole deal, right? But baptism, it literally, like the word baptism means to be fully immersed in. And I'm just saying that water baptism is one of the baptisms that's available but we don't sprinkle. Why? Because it means to be fully immersed in. You know, we don't dash. We don't just dash a little bit of water on you. Why? Because that's not full immersion. And I'm just saying this, that there are three baptisms I want to talk to you about today. The first one is baptism into the body of Christ, which is salvation. Amen. This stands alone by itself. You are saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You know how you're saved? You personally come to the cross of Jesus Christ and you personally say, I am a sinner. God, please forgive me of my sin. You shed blood on this cross. Please cover my life with the blood of Christ. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and be my Lord and my personal Savior. You know what? That stands alone. Because if it requires, it, and there are a lot of churches that believe this, if it requires you to be baptized, then guess what? You are doing a work. You're doing a work to add to salvation, which you are saved by what? Grace through faith, not of? That means there's nothing that you can do. There's not one thing that you can add, do to add to the work of the cross. He has done it all. The only thing that you can do is just say yes. So if there's, if there's another thing that you have to do, and unless you, unless you get baptized, you're not saved, then that's a work. That means that that whole scripture, you're saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest anyone should boast. That means that that scripture is a lie. And it's not a lie. Now, should you get water baptized? You better believe it. Like the very first thing that you should do is get baptized. 
after you give your heart to Jesus. Don't wait. I got a tub full of water right now. And if you're over the age of 18 or if you're under the age of 18 and your folks are here and you want to get baptized, I will stop everything right now and baptize you in that water. Don't wait. Well, you just don't even understand. My life's not put together. Your life's never going to be put together. You're always going to be a mess. You're never going to be qualified enough to get into, you know, in your own, you know, living. Well, I got to get this figured out. I got to, you don't understand. I smoke a cigarette every now and then or I drink or maybe you drink a lot. I don't know. But I'm telling you, you getting that ironed out doesn't qualify you to get baptized. What qualifies you to get baptized is you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and your personal Savior. He saves you. It's salvation. It's the first baptism, right? And whenever you give your heart to Jesus, not only are you, do you get, you're baptized into salvation, not only do you get Jesus, but you get his family, right? And I'm telling you what, we need one another, especially in this crazy day we live in. Let's take a look. For we are all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And verse 13, earth, yeah. All right. So um, I was looking for Galatians there. Did we go ahead? Okay. All right. Let's go ahead. Let's go to the second baptism. Number two. Number two should be in the next slide. Okay. Second baptism is water baptism right? This is what we are familiar with more than, more than any other baptism because we baptize people all the time. Once again, if you haven't been baptized, let's get you baptized. But you know what? There's a lot of people that believe like how you're baptized in the water is, gonna, is going to allow you to get into heaven or keep you out of heaven, right? Like some people, if you're not baptized, there's no chance in in heaven that you're going to heaven, right? So if you're not baptized, you're not going to heaven. That's, we already talked about that. But this is the other thing. There's a whole group of people, and, and I love my heritage, and I love, I love my roots, but the church that I grew up in, their belief system is, even today, and I disagree with it 200%, that what it is that the person says when you're getting baptized, like if they don't say the right thing, then you're not saved. Your baptism doesn't count for anything. This is the most crazy, stupid thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. You mean to tell me, God does something, a work in my life, he saves me, it is by grace through faith that I am saved, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And I go to my pastor and I say, Pastor, I need to get baptized. I am just so stirred up, right? I've got, I want to be obedient to the word of the Lord. I'm underwater. I don't know what he's, I can't even hear what he's saying. So I'm living my life for Jesus. I'm living for God. I, I'm going on missions trips. I'm, I'm serving, I'm giving, I'm telling people. Come on, I'm a living sacrifice. And then all of a sudden I die. And I go up to heaven, 
And I'm at the pearly gates and I'm like, I'm ready. I just want to see Jesus. I've been waiting. So uh, what's the last four of your social security number? Oh, 2962. Blood type, A positive. Oh, Mr. Turner, Travis Turner. What's your name and ad your, your address and phone number? Everybody's always triple checking you now. Give my name and address. And then all of a sudden, oh, sorry, Mr. Turner. When you were baptized, you weren't baptized in Jesus' name. You were baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And now, I'm sorry, you're going to hell. Is this crazy? There is a bunch of people that believe this. And so you know how we baptize people? We baptize, we cover all the bases. I get asked, how do you baptize people? I can tell who I'm talking to just because they're asking the question. I want you to know, how do you like to be baptized? Well, of course, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We do that. Somebody else, how do you baptize? Well, how do you like to be baptized? I like to be baptized in Jesus' name. That's exactly what we do. You know why I can say that? Because we baptize in both. Because I see it in the scripture both ways. People being baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. People being baptized in Jesus' name. Do you really think it's possible that when God has changed the heart and salvation happens before the baptism, do you think it's possible that you're going to be kept out of heaven because you weren't, the right words weren't spoken over you? How fickle and finicky is God? All right. All right. So, so we got the second baptism, right? You were all children of God through faith. This is Galatians chapter 3 and verse 26. Actually, go down to the water baptism. I'm sorry. Um, so Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, it says this. Those who accepted his message were baptized. And so there's two things that happen. You accept the message, you accept Jesus, and then you enter into the waters of baptism. All right? So once again, if you haven't been baptized, I highly encourage you to get baptized. But I want you to know that that baptism, that this water does not save you. You are saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest anyone should boast. This is, this is a, a wedding ring to the decision, come on, that you, that you have, that you have made. Baptism is a wedding ring to the salvation that's taken place. Let me ask you a question. Does this ring make me married? No. I even, I even, this is my old wedding ring. I lost the diamond out of it. This is my new wedding ring. Just because we were talking, I'm going to wear them both. But guess what? I could wear two wedding rings. I've only been married to one person, just so you know. Like, this wasn't from another lady, and then this was from my new lady. There, this one lady. I just got two rings. It's been so good, I got two rings out of the deal. But does this ring make me married? No. It's the commitment. It's the devotion. But this is a representation of the decision that I have made to spend my life with another person, give my life. But, but, but listen, there's a lot of people that wear rings that, that don't act married, right? And, and, and I imagine, I can only imagine what it would be like is if I went and I asked my wife, hey, listen, would you marry me? But every once in a while, like all depending on where I'm going, I might want to take the ring off and not let people know that I'm married. Like she would not be super happy with that either. And so 
once again, I've been asked, and we have done this from time to time, but this is a public declaration of what God's done in your heart. Like people have come to me and said, I want to get baptized, but I don't want anybody to be there. And, and it really messes with me because once again, you're missing the whole idea of what this is. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't be ashamed of, of the decision that you're making. In fact, let the body of Christ celebrate with you. And the third baptism is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. See, listen, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is there for you to live an empowered life. Do you know that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the most talked about baptism of all three baptisms? It's more talked about than water baptism is. By far. And I want you to know that baptism of the Holy Spirit is separate from salvation. It's separate from water baptism, right? Like salvation happens and you don't have to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There are some and this, I'm just speaking to what I know. There are some churches that unless this happens to you, you're not saved. And so, so what we've seen in situations where there's such a demand is we'll see people, we called it praying through when I was, when I was a kid, but you'll see people desiring to have more of the Spirit of God and there'll be such a press because you're not even saved unless you, let me give you some insight, unless you are baptized with the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. And so after sometimes three, four, and five hours, man, you're just like, para, sha, ta, ta, ka, pa, ta, ta. I mean, you'll just start, you'll just start, you'll just start saying stuff. Oh, that's it. Oh, yeah, that's it. Come on, come on. Or you'll leave that place thinking, man, God, God is not happy with me. He doesn't love me. He doesn't, you know what I mean? He's not, he doesn't desire to give me this gift. There's something broken and messed up with me. And I'm just saying a lot of times people are shying away for the spiritual things because the spiritual things have been mishandled and have become weird. I'm telling you this true story. I, I want you to know that we believe in the gifts of the spirit at this church but there's been a long period of time where I've been super careful about the prophetic. You know why I'm super careful about the prophetic? Because there are so many false prophets in the land. You got one person saying this over here prophesying and another person saying this over here and people are using the prophetic oftentimes to elevate themselves, you know, in the eyes of, of other people. But shame on me for, 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 for withdrawing a little bit whenever it comes to the prophetic. I'll always be careful. You better believe it. I'm not just going to let anybody just get up and, you know what I mean, share. That's foolishness. But I'm telling you that the reason why I've shied away from prophecy is because there's been so many false prophets in the land. Why do people step back from spiritual things? Because crazy weird things have been done in the name of a spiritual outpouring and, and weird. And I'm just saying this, that you don't have to, it doesn't have to be spooky or strange or weird or goofy 
come on, for us to experience everything that God has for us. So just because there are people that mishandle and misuse it, why doesn't our approach just be, God, if you've got it for me, I just want it. And I want, I want it to be sincere and I want it to be pure and I want it to be powerful and I want it to, I want it to make a difference. Amen? Amen? Is there anybody here this morning? Are you with me? Are you tracking with me this morning? Are you feeling? All right. So the book of Acts is, is, um, is a perfect picture of, uh, of the first church. It is the first church. And it says this, Philip went down to a city in Samaria, Samaria, and he proclaimed the Messiah there. But when they believed, so this first part here, when they believed, somebody say first baptism. First baptism, okay? So when they believed, Philip, as he proclaimed the good news, you're saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So believing, all right? When he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized. Somebody say baptized. That's the second baptism. That means they watered in, they, they entered into the waters of baptism. So you got the first, they believed. Second, they were baptized and both men and women. Okay. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Somebody say third baptism. So you've got salvation. You've got water baptism. Salvation is the blood, right? Water baptism is a public declaration. And so, you know what I mean? I'll baptize you in private, but I'm not going to like it. But I'll do it. you got a public declaration. And then you've got... Being baptized by the Holy Spirit. And this is one that we have got in the day and the time that we live in. We've got to have more of a demonstration of God's power. There's a lot of reasons why people aren't interested. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. So it goes on to say that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John ran around the church. No. Jumped up and down, shouted and screamed. No. Wore them out. No. Peter and John placed their hands upon them and they received the Holy Spirit. So that's that third, that third baptism. And I'm just saying the power and the authority, I think... I really believe is something that's missing, not only in our church, but churches around the nation and around the world. So this baptism in the Holy Spirit, we need to know, I fully believe it has nothing to do with salvation, but it has everything to do with walking in the power and the might and the authority of God. I really believe that one of the reasons why people continue to get you know what I mean, tossed and tumbled by the same things over and over and over again. You know, addiction being passed down from generation to generation to generation is because we don't have enough people 
Come on, being fully immersed in the spirit. Like, listen, I'm not saying you don't have the spirit. You can't even call Jesus Christ Lord unless the spirit give you that understanding. But we're talking about baptism, which is a full immersion. I'm just saying wherever you're at, I believe that God has more for you. So why do people reject it? Because people have had a bad experience with it. Let's take a look at 1 John chapter 5 and verse 7. For there are three that bear witness in heaven. Where do they bear witness? Okay. The Father, the Word, which is Jesus. John 1, 1, right? The Word became flesh. Da, da, da. So Jesus is the Word and the Holy Spirit. These three are one. And there are, the, and there are three that bear witness on the earth. Where do they bear witness? On the earth. And it says what those are. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. So we've got the blood, which is salvation, right? We come to the cross. And then we got the water, which is public declaration. I've given my heart to Jesus. Now I'm going public with it. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, right? We get buried in the waters of baptism. And the Spirit is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so it says this at the end of it, these three agree as one. So these three are in agreement. But my question is, do you come into agreement with these three? See, we have no problem coming into agreement with salvation. Man, you mean Jesus is just going to forgive me of my sins? Yeah, we have no problem especially in this church, because we talk about it, entering into the waters of baptism. But listen, is that the point where you're pulling back and saying, you know what, listen, I've had enough. I don't want any more. Because I'm telling you that there is uh, deeper levels of the spirit that are available to any one of them, any, any person that, 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 that will go there. And churches have split over this. A lot of the time they've split because of weirdness, things being done out of order or, 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 or things being allowed. You know what I mean? I mean, ah, I'm not even going to go there. Just weird stuff going on to where, like, listen, if, I, I've been a part of some churches where I'm like, man, oh man, I really hope that a visitor doesn't come on Wednesday afternoon between this hour and that hour because there's just crazy stuff going on in the church that you can hear throughout the whole church. And if somebody was to walk in a situation on Wednesday between this hour and that hour, you know, they would, they would, is somebody being massacred in the back? What is, what's going on back there? And so, I mean, when some of the staff that works at the church is saying, hey, listen, man, I, you know, hey, you can come Wednesday, but can you come a little later? Or you're worried about, I don't know, I know you'd have no idea what I'm talking about, but you do. <laughs> do. <laughs> so why are there, why is there some reluctance there? A lot of people are reluctant to go deeper in the spirit of God simply because they're uninformed. There's a lot of people that have never heard any teaching on, on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They're simply uninformed. Acts chapter 19 and verse 1, it says this. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. 
There he found some disciples. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And so there's a lot of people that are just uninformed, like they're saved, they're going to heaven. It's not a heaven or hell thing, but they didn't know that there was more. They didn't know that there was more. Maybe you're here today and you're just like, hey, listen, this is all kind of fresh and new. I didn't know that there was more. And now that you know that there's more, come on, there's, there, there, there's, there's more to receive. There's more to, you know, there's more to reach for. And so I remember when I was, uh, when I was in the Marine Corps and serving myself before I surrendered to the Lord, I, I knew a lot about the church, but nobody knew I knew about the church because I wasn't living my life like I knew Jesus or knew anything about him. And and from time to time, I would be asked, hey, listen, I would love for you to go to church with me. Perfect invite. You know, hey, come to church. We've got to go to a great church. And sometimes people would follow that up with saying, listen, and don't worry. It's not charismatic. And I'm like, really? But this has happened several times in my life. Hey, I would really love for you to go to church, to go to church with me. But hey, don't worry, it's not charismatic. And I'm like, why, why is there such a negative slant on a charismatic church? I can tell you why, because charismatic typically means weird in a lot of circles. But I'm telling you, the word comes from, it's the word charisma, and you know what it means? It means gifted. It means gifted. We are a church that believes in all that has, God has for us. Why in the world would you want to pull back from all that God has for you? We believe in healing. We need to see more healing. We need to pray for more healing. We believe in the prophetic word. We believe that God can speak to Sinisa and say, hey, listen, I want you to talk to this person and just encourage them. And, and it's like, man, I don't, you know, and so she kind of eases out into it and says, hey, listen, I feel like you're going through a tough time and, and I just want you to know that God's paying attention and you're going to be okay. If it's true and she's literally heard from the Lord, then it's going to resonate with that person. And, and because of the gift being used, come on, her life, is you know, whoever she's speaking to, their life is going to be blessed, Right. I don't know about you, but I need all that God has for me. Number two, some people are just not interested. They're not interested. It's like, you know what? I'm fine going to heaven. All that other stuff, I can't figure it out. I don't understand it. I don't want it. You tell me whenever, you know, you tell me any part of God that you can put in a box and understand. If you serve a God that is able you know, to be understood and you're, you know, you're fine with him. You're like, listen, God, I want everything that you have for me, except, you know, I don't want you to get outside the corner. I want you to stay in the corner. Don't embarrass me. Don't, you know, don't, you know, I just want to be able to understand everything that you like, listen, if you can understand the God that you serve, then the God that you serve has no power and, and he's no bigger than, than, than you are. Right. And so if we put limitations on God, yeah, God, I'll do this, but don't ask me to do this. And certainly don't ask me to do that. And don't ask me to do this and don't ask me to do that. 
how much power and how much of God do you think that you're going to experience? Nothing. He, he doesn't have time for that. He's God. You're not. You're not God. But yet we're, we treat him like that. It's like, yeah, I'll do this as long as da, 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 da. He's like, no, I just asked you to go. Well, what about this? I'll take care of it as we go. Are you going to go or are we going to waste time? Right? So some are just not interested. You can be uninterested and have no passion for the things of God when things are normal. When, when, you, got, when you got a bunch of money in the bank and you don't have any health issues and, and all your kids are getting straight A's in school and, and they're on the dean's list or whatever. You know what I'm saying? You got three freezers of meat in your refrigerator. Like, you don't, you, you can be like, you, you know, you can just have a little bit of God and it just adds to the happiness of your life. But I'm telling you what, that kind of relationship with God, when the bottom drops out of it, as we are seeing all the way around us, people are experiencing loss in ways that they've never experienced loss. The world is, 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 is in fear. Come on, we're all, you know, discombobulated. There's no unity. Everybody's divided. Everybody's finding reasons why we can't corner up together. And I'm just telling you, that is the time that we need, come on, more of the Spirit. And I'm just saying, if you're just used to, you know what I mean, just having a little bit here and a little bit there, it's not going to be enough in the days that are ahead of us. Number three is this, some are just simply afraid. They're afraid that if I go all in with God, then that means my life is going to be boring and it's going to be less than what I can make of it on my own. James chapter 1 and verse 17, it's not on the list here, but it says this, every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So I'm asking you today, just to simply test this message out. Test it out. Give God a year. Give God a complete year. I'm not talking about going to church every single Sunday. Go on vacation. Go camping. Go hunting. Go fishing. Do all of those cool things. But I'm telling you, don't find yourself at home and just saying, you know what, I'm just going to stick around and watch church online today. Get immersed in the church. Serve. Go on a mission. Start teaching a class. Get involved. If you haven't gotten baptized, get baptized, right? Go to the prayer meetings. You know, read different books that have to do with spiritual, you know, spiritual, spiritual growth. And I'm just saying this, that wherever you're at today, I want you to know that God has more. I'm going to come down here and I'm just going to, close the service up here and I'm going to ask you just to kind of put this up on the screen as I go through it I'm just going to share it in story form but in the book of Ezekiel there's a man that's leading another man eastwardly it says and and the man pulled out a measuring device and he measured off a thousand cubits there it is measured off a thousand cubits and he took the man by the hand and he led him out a thousand cubits into the water. And the Bible says that the water was ankle deep. 
was ankle deep. Somebody say ankle deep. And he takes the he takes the measuring device and he measures off another thousand cubits. And the Bible says that now they were up to knee deep water. Somebody say knee deep. See, you could almost say like ankle deep is salvation. That's coming to the cross of Jesus Christ. How many of you know that the cross is the beginning and not the end? It's crazy. Sometimes we treat the cross like it's the end. Oh, you're saved? Oh, kick back. Relax. That's the beginning of your story. That's the beginning, right? And so that's ankle deep. You go out knee deep. And then he says, listen, measure off another thousand cubits and he's up to his waist. See, you can't really baptize somebody in anything less than waist deep or else their nose might be sticking out and then you got a problem. But, but let's just say waist deep is, 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 uh, is water baptism going public. But he says, listen, that's not enough. They measured off another thousand cubits. And the, and the Bible says now they're out in the middle of the, of the river, right? And they're unable to touch. It was so deep that they had, to, they had to swim. And I'm just saying this. This is a point where you lose control. You lose control at this. You can't, you can't just stand there. You know what? When you're at this level, you go where it is that the, that the current takes you. And I'm just saying, listen, maybe you've been baptized, maybe not. If you, if you haven't, get baptized. But I'm saying for some of you, what you need to do is you need to, you need to go deeper. You need to go deeper. And then this is the result. He measured off another thousand. It was a river that I could not cross because, thank you. There will be large... Let's go back a, a, a slide. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in. A river that no one could cross. Go ahead. There will be a large number of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. I'm telling you guys that the church... Come on, it's meant to be a place to call you up higher. And I just feel in my spirit that there's a lot of people, for whatever reason, you've just kind of resisted and just kind of held back. And I'm just asking you to trust God and go deeper with him. Amen. Lose control. Say, Lord, whatever, whatever. I trust you. I was talking to Javi, and we were talking about how the deeper you are, the less flesh that you're going to see. How many of you know that there's a war between the flesh and the spirit? You know, if the only thing that you can see that's fleshly is your, is your face that's up out of the water, then amen, you're going to be walking in the spirit. How many of you need to walk in the spirit a little bit more in the future than what you've walked in it in the past? Amen. Amen. I'm so grateful for today's word. I would be doing you a huge disservice in the event that I didn't take you back to the first baptism of salvation, though. It's very possible that some are here that if you were to die today, you wouldn't know where you were going to spend eternity. I want you to know that heaven is real. It's a real place. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I and my father and me might be there also. And hell is also a real place. A lot of people don't talk about hell. Some churches don't even believe in hell. 
But I'm telling you that hell is a real place and it's a place that was not created for you. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people that are going to that are going to go there and spend eternity, which is a long time in hell. And God does not want that to happen. How do you keep yourself from going to hell and you ensure that you're going to heaven? You receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your personal Savior. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. That's the first step. That's that ankle deep. And God's got more from you from there, right? I was talking to those that got baptized. I'm like, listen, you're getting baptized today. This is huge today. But guess what? God's even got more for you than than baptism. If you don't know if you're saved, like if Jesus was to come back or you were to pass away, if you don't know you're saved and you want to know you're saved, you can know you're saved today simply by inviting Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, asking him to do so, and then giving your heart to him and surrendering to his lordship. It's done in and through a prayer. Everybody here that is saved has said a prayer like this. If you need to say a prayer like this today, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, not only for those that need to, you know, do that for the first time, but maybe you're here and God's just been, you know, he's been on your list, but he's been down your list. Like there's other things that are a priority. And I'm just saying this, that if you need to, if you need to make a recommitment to the Lord, then I'm going to ask you to raise your hand too. So there's two things. Either you need to give your heart to Jesus or you're making a recommitment um, to serve the Lord. I'm going to ask you just right now boldly just to raise your hand and we're going to pray together. Awesome young man right here. Thank you. Awesome young lady right here. Thank you so much. Anybody else? All the way over here in the back. Awesome. Thank you, ma'am. Anybody else? Awesome. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I love that. Okay. Yes. Straight down. Ma'am, thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Come on, church. Let's put our hands together. Now, listen, I'm going to ask everybody to stand up. Everybody to stand up. We are a family. We're a family. Every single time I lead somebody in this prayer, I always make it my own prayer, too. I don't care if you've said this prayer a million times, say it a million and one times. Let's make a recommitment to the Lord. Those of you that have made that decision today, it's very important that you stay connected with us and let us let us walk with you um, on this on this journey. Amen. We need one another, and we want to we want to make sure that you've got everything that that you need. But uh, let's go ahead and just bow our heads and just pray. Lord, we thank you for the cross of Christ. Thank you, Lord, for dying on that cross for my sins. Right now, I just ask you to forgive me of my sins. I pray that the blood of Christ would just cover my sins and my shortcomings. And I pray, Lord, that you come into my life and fill me with the Holy Ghost, with the Holy Spirit. God, I need your power. I need your power in ways that I've not experienced your power. Everybody in this place, let's just say personally, God, we need more of you. You are the God of more and we need more of you. I ask you, Lord, to not only save me, but I ask you, Lord, to be my boss, to be my Lord. That means that, God, wherever you call me to go, I'll go. And what you call me to do, I'll do. 
I want to be led of your spirit. The Bible says that if I'm led by your spirit, then I won't fulfill the lust and desires of my flesh, my weak flesh. God, right now, I thank you for writing my name in the Lamb's book of life. It's beautiful. When we pass from this life, church, I want you to know that there's books that are going to be open. One of those is the Lamb's book of life. And what's going to happen is, is, is there's going to be a searching for your name written in that book. And the way that you get that your name written in that book, which allows you to, it's like your ticket into eternity with Jesus. The way that you do that is simply by what we're doing here today. I love you, Jesus. I want to serve you. Forgive me of my sins. My life is yours. So God, I thank you for those decisions that have been made today. God, now help us to, to, to walk with them and to raise them up and disciple them and encourage them and they also encourage others in jesus name and everybody said amen amen come on everybody put your hands together for the lord god we thank you we thank you we thank you i pray a blessing over those that have made the decision even recommitments today god that this week would be fantastic and they'd be like man i don't know why i waited so long but god you are moving your word says that the harvest is ready, but the workers are few. We're changing that because we're going to work in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to pray for the offering just real quick. Guys, as you go, just thank you for your faithfulness and, 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 and your, your tithes and your offerings. Lord, I pray that you bless the tithe. You bless the offering in Jesus' name. Bless the gift and the giver. Amen. Pavel, let's go ahead and sing a song. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.